Yo, what's good? What's up, y'all? This is Destination 180 Podcast, and this week we're going to continue our kids in horror with a little movie that I love and John Day has not seen before, so I'm super excited <laughs> to talk about 1976's Alice Sweet Alice. This one is written and directed by Alfred Soule. This is one of the first slashers that was actually made. Well, it's not the first. Like I said, it's one of the first. I can't really tell you what the first one is because I don't know. Some people think it's Halloween. Some people think it's Black Christmas. But Alice Sweet Alice comes in before both of those. So let's get into this cast really quick. So we have Linda Miller as Captain Spages. They kind of throughout the movie, they say it both ways. Did you notice that? They say like Spages and Spages. You know, I never really pay attention to their last names. Really? I think it's, I think it, it doesn't matter, but I think it's Spages. Then they have um, Mildred Clinton as Miss Chidomi, Paula Shepard as Alice Spages, Niles McCaster as Dom or Dominic, Jane Laurie as Aunt Annie, Rudolph, Rudolph Wilrich, excuse me, as Father Tom, Michael Hardstark, yeah, I said that right, Michael Hardstark as Detective Spina, and Alfonso DeNovo as Mr. Alfonso, and I'll stop right here for now. Okay, so the director, this was his first movie that wasn't a porno. Really? Yeah. And he was excommunicated from the church for making the porno, and then he created this movie that revolves around a Catholic family. Does he have any more works? Um... I think he made one movie after that, but then he decided to go into set design. So he did sets for two really famous shows, and I can't think of the name right off the top of my head. But he was very heavily inspired by Alfred Hitchcock. I can see that. It's a lot of um, undertones of Hitchcock under here. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his movies, but I could definitely see that. So that creep landlord, he only did three movies before he died, and he was discovered working as a bouncer at a gay bar. I think it's really funny how we just come across some of these actors. He would make a good sleaze bag. Let's put him in my movie. Or what's the conversation <laughs> that you even say? Like, hey, you have a good look for my movie. I want you to play the sleazy landlord. Like, would you be? Is that a compliment? Uh, I might be offended. Like, you think I look like a pedophile? Like, what? Right. <laughs> so... Jeanne. Yes. Are you ready to meet me up in this queue line, girl? Yeah, because I need to talk about this movie. <laughs> All right. Brooke Shields. In holy terror. Alice was too old to play with dolls and too young to make love. Brooke Shields, as you've never seen her before. She was too beautiful to play with boys and too young to play with men. So Alice began to play with death. She's made a repeated request that the kids see a psychiatrist. She has a knack of making things look like accidents. No more dolls, no more toys. Alice only plays with bodies. It's too late to save her. Oh, 
unnatural love and unnatural death. Brooke Shields in holy terror. It's too late for prayers. My question is, you're sitting in church, you're having lovely service, the choir has sang, the pastor is about to start the program, but before they start, the kids are going to have a little Sunday school play, or I don't know what they call it these days, and um, it gets interrupted by a murder. How do you feel? I'll probably be traumatized. But this isn't the first time I've witnessed somebody. What? <laughs> you witnessed somebody dying in church? Hold on, wait. Do I need to press call? Not in church. Oh. But I've witnessed some. I was at a of a, a softball game and uh, someone came out the woods and was stabbed. I don't know if they survived or not, but yeah, that was very traumatizing. Oh no. Yeah. Open Pandora's box with that one. I wasn't ready for that one. Okay, yeah, that, well, was, that um, was a little, that was a little creepy. Okay, let's take a little detour. This, <laughs> but, but no, with with church, yeah, I would be traumatized because the only way that I could see that happening would be like a, I mean, I could see it happening at a mega church, mm-hmm. but I think at a mega church it would go unnoticed mm-hmm. versus yeah, a, smaller a smaller church. And so I see this probably happening at like a church that I grew up in because it's really small. And just how, like, in Alice, Sweet Alice, it was, like, a separate room. Yeah. That, that, yeah, so my my church growing up had a separate room. So, like, I could definitely see, like, and people would come, especially the pastor's office was on the other side of that door. Yeah. Kind of like in the movie. So, I can, like, see that happen. It's a little creepy, but I'd be traumatized. Would you be traumatized? Have I seen a dead body before? I mean, I've seen dead bodies made up in the casket. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know. I'm trying to think, have I ever been in a situation where something happened close to me? Might have. I just think I'm so desensitized by things at this point that it's just like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I think knowing me, I feel like I would probably be the person that either seen something before it happened. That's always normally me. I'm yeah. always catching something and then I'll go about my business and then five minutes later I find out that something didn't happen. I'm like, dang, I wonder if that had been me had I moved the wrong way or had I said something like the outcome been different. But I don't know, like in church, I feel like with church you feel like it's such a safe place. So when something like that happened. Oh, there was a whole shooting in um my Current church, and it's a mega church. And the, I'm not going to give his name any type of light, but we all know the other church shootings that happened some years ago, but true. But when stuff like that happens, it just makes you, I don't know, it just makes you think stuff ain't safe. Like right now, I got the shivers and I can't stop right now because it's like, if you can't think of a church and be safe, where can you go? Like, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, let's get into this ride, Johnny. When we come back, we're going to be talking Alice, sweet Alice. Howdy, survivors. Please keep your tips and limbs inside the vehicle and remain seated at all times. Hang on to your personal belongings, especially your minds and spines. Because this here's a wild ride. We start Alice Sweet Alice in 1961 in Patterson, New Jersey. It opens up, wait, 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 pause. Before we get there, let's talk about this opening scene. The first time I saw this movie, I think I was 
I think I was in college, and don't ask me why I was watching this movie. I think it was just one of those situations where, like, I was in my room, Netflix, it just happened to be on there, and I just clicked on it trying to see, like, what is this? So, the opening scene, it's giving, I don't know, it's giving just major spooky vibes. So, you have the title credits going on, it's telling, like, the director, all that, but all of a sudden, you start to hear this whispered prayer by a woman. But it starts to get faster and faster. Then you see in the what the right hand corner, there's like a figure. I think that was Brooke. Yeah, I don't know who it's supposed to be. I think it is, like you said, marketed as Brooke, but it can be two other people too. We don't know if it's Alice. It could be somebody else. Well, the one but, who was praying, I think it was Brooke. Yeah, I'm like I have no idea who it's supposed to be, but the prayer is getting um, faster and faster. Then all of a sudden, like the figure just raises up his arms. And the music sting isn't even too dramatic. It's dramatic to get your attention so mm-hmm. you can look at it. But this is about, I want to say this opening scene is probably like a minute and 30 seconds. And you're just trying to figure out, like, what are you about to get into? So that's when we get into um, the Spages family made up of Catherine, Karen, and Alice coming out of St. Michael Parish Girls School. So what's happening here is... Karen is about 10 years old. Oh, we shouldn't have to say it at this point, but if you haven't (laughs) seen the movie, go watch the movie and come back and listen to us. Anyway, she's about to have her communion, and they're going to visit Father Tom, where he gives her his mom's crucifix. Okay, so is the mama dating the priest? That's what I was wondering. Now, when I first watched the movie, I thought so, but I don't think so. I just think... Because I'm like, so why... I think after a while, it came off that way, but no. The only reason why I think that is mm-hmm. because it's like you're giving your mom's it's like an heirloom. Yeah. And you're giving it to one one parishioner out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like Karen is the one who's getting baptized right. not baptized, but her first communion alone. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of other little kids yeah. too. And so why did you pick her out of all the other little kids to give an heirloom to? Now I'm not sure if it like if they're well I know, um, there have been a few DVDs released, and we'll get into that at the end, but I'm not sure if that was like an abandoned plot line or something, but it wasn't a real thing. I just think like maybe, you know how like sometimes like you might be closer to some families than others. Yeah. I don't know. That is, that is fair. I mean, I, I, I do get it because, yeah. you know, in smaller churches, sometimes you do have like a real close relationship with right. your priest, Because I mean, pastor. I was like that. Yeah. Yeah. But still, that was a little weird. Yeah. Especially since he's not married, she's not married. Anymore. <laughs> yes. Okay, so <laughs> as Father Tom is gifting Karen with his mom's um, crucifix, Alice excuses herself to go to the bathroom. Now, Alice, we're getting to know her. She's 12 years old. She's just walking around. In my, well, I believe that they're in, like, I can't describe this. I don't know what this is. It's a bunch of priests that stay in one house. Yeah, I don't know what that's called I don't know what it's called. If anybody else wants to help us out, you know, please do. So anyway, as Alice is walking around, we um, do a jump cut, and it ends up turning into a jump scare where she scares Miss Tredoni. Whole time, I was trying to figure out where that mask came from. Okay, now keep that in your head, because I'm going to clear everything up, and you're going to feel like... You have a stuffy nose, and it's all gone once I get done with you, sis. Okay, because I know at the end, I have my notes for at the end. Because I, I, was, I was piecing things together, and I'm like, okay, wait. Okay, now that makes sense. No, that doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. But, okay. 
Alice scares Miss Tredonia, and as Jaune says, Alice has on this mask. Now, this mask, we're going to just go ahead and talk about it now. It's one of those, first of all, the purge needs to respect the mama, because definitely where the inspo for that came from. So this mask is like a clear plastic mask, but it has like makeup on it. It has like the blue eyeshadow and the rouge on the cheeks. And I want to say, like, if you look super close, like in some of the famous pictures that they have for Alice, Sweet Alice, there's kind of like a gold eyeliner. But you know, at the time, in the 60s, the they wore makeup like that, like that yeah. big, dramatic blue, over, over rosy red cheeks, just the whole nine. So when you see it on the mask, and if you've seen the movie, you can imagine how unsettling that is. I mean, you guys watch the Purge movies now. So I'm pretty sure you can imagine how scary that looks or how inhuman it looks. It's like a doll mask, but translucent. Yeah. So anyway, she scares Miss Tredoni to where Miss Tredoni calls her a nasty child, and I lost it. I just, I don't know. I just, I guess I wasn't, we supposed to be like in a church setting. I guess I just wasn't expecting her to say that to her like that. But you get the gist from this whole scene. Once um, Catherine finds Alice and kind of reprimands her for scaring Mr. Doni, you kind of get the sense that Alice is jealous of Karen. And the reason for that is because, as we said, Karen's going through her first communion. Alice never got one because she was born out of wedlock. That's so trifling. Right. So, since she was born out of wedlock, she does not get a communion. We then find Alice sitting in the basement, tending to her shrine that has a lot of different trinkets, just like crosses and candles and different things. Soon after, she steals her sister Karen's dolls and runs off to an abandoned building. And this is what I'm talking about again. Why did these kids just be running around like this? It was the 60s. I don't care. The good songs in the 90s. So? The 90s was a different time. <laughs> The 90s, I'm telling you, the 90s were I a different time. I, it just, okay, it's like I understand, but I don't understand. I'm like now, like, you, actually, even in the city. Like when I you said. live in the city, it's different than when you live in, like, the country. So it's like, we're in the city, it's kind of like you just have free reign and do whatever. I guess. I just, I just. But I also, never... it's the parenting styles, too. Like, yeah. some parents, like, my mother would never let me do that. But other people's parents... When Alice steals Karen's dolls, and this is what I'm talking about, she it's not like I steal my sister's doll and we're running around the house. Alice is running around the city. Like, they end up in an abandoned home. But before we get there, Jane, if you notice, Alice was, like, playing peekaboo in the window. If you look at the window, it's a toy shop, and that's the toy shop where she gets her mask. Mm. did you see there was a shot as they were running to the abandoned building and it shows like a picture of just two like masks but it's the same ones that she had on earlier oh okay. yeah so that's where but how they set it up is this movie is very clever because it cuts in so many different ways that it kind of messes with you if you don't pay attention for a split second so i did see the toy store mask and i'm like okay mm -hmm. cool that's probably where she got the mask from yeah. but Okay, we'll just talk about it later. <laughs> okay, Alice leads Karen to an abandoned building where she jump scares her with not only one mask, but two. So under the one mask we just told you guys about, mm -hmm. Alice has on another mask. And this one, look, this one unnerved me a little bit because it's like an old person's <laughs> face, but it's like, it looked more fitted to her face than the other mask was. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just something very weird about it. So she threatens Karen and tell her, like, you telling me I'm gonna do this to your doll and you'll never see her again, just go home. 
And she locked her in that room. Yeah. That's I when like I it. that's when I realized that she was psycho. But see, this is what I'm saying, like Right off the bat. I don't know. I'm always the one defending people. No, she had way <laughs> too much fun locking that little girl in that room. But see, big sisters do that though. I get it. But at the same time it was like the way that she did it, the force behind it. And then also, she like kind of looked a little. She did have a little smudge. She was enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> you were enjoying it a little bit too much. And that girl was traumatized. So the girls come home, and the first thing I noticed when they got home, I don't know why I didn't notice this earlier, but I noticed their uniforms. So as I said earlier, they go to the St. Michael's Parish Girls School, and I guess like they wear a white blouse with a navy blue skirt or jumper, but they have a yellow rain slicker, and they wear the white tights with the white shoes. Now, I went to a holiness school when I was younger, so when I seen these uniforms, I instantly thought of those days where I used to beg my mom to wear pants to school, and I always had to wear a skirt or a dress. That bickering got on my nerves. Karen is a whole brat. It wasn't like that normal, Mom, give it back. It was like really over the top, like, it was too much for me. Later, we go downstairs where we meet Mr. Alfonso, which is the building's landlord. And it appears, I wasn't sure if he was eating the cat food and feeding the cats. Or was he feeding them human food and eating it? We, okay, I guess we'll never know. Anyway, Alice comes down to can Mr. Alfonso the rent for the month. And you kind of see how their relationship is. And you already know who this reminded me of. She was me. But you, do you know who instantly I thought of when I seen this scene? <laughs> uh, what's her girl's name? Um, the Your first movie. Girl, Rhoda. Rhoda. <laughs> I was like, it's Rhoda and Leroy all over again. So said, Alice is down there calling him fat. She so. said, none of your business, fat. So, and I died. Just and the way she died. says it. Now, mind you, <laughs> if you guys don't know, Paula Shepard was 19 was 19 yeah. playing a 12 year old and the first time i seen it i had no idea the yeah. second time i seen it i think i knew but she still didn't look 19 now when i watch it i can kind of so it so certain parts made sense mm-hmm. after yeah. i looked it up because i didn't want to look it up until after i watched the movie yeah. now see now pause time out i don't tell johnny anything if there's ever a movie <laughs> we're going to watch in the future and I know it has something I don't want her to know about, I'm not going to bring it up to her till that week. She's the type that will go research something before she sees it and ruins it for herself. <laughs> and she's laughing because she knows it's true. Like, no, I, no. I have yeah. no time. <laughs> I will know the whole plot before I even watch it. I'm movie. like, no. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> you don't want to be surprised? No element of surprise. You just have I mean, to know. Sometimes, okay, sometimes like the movie won't like the if you look it up, it won't tell you the plot, or I'll purposely not look for the articles that tell you the plot. But I feel like some of these streaming services just be straight to the point, telling you exactly what I didn't want to know. So, some of them, yes. Well, actually, I got a little confused at first because with um amazon prime mm-hmm. in parentheses for the year said 2016 and i'm like did they make oh, yeah. more than one yeah. that is very confusing mm-hmm. we finish up with alice and mr alfonso this scene is basically just establishing their um relationship as we said if you've seen the bad seed it's very reminding you of um rhoda and Leroy. basically mr alfonso sees right through alice everybody else thinks she's just this sweet little girl but he ain't playing that so we come to the church where we're getting ready for Karen's communion, and this is where we meet the characters Aunt Annie, Uncle Jim, 
their daughter Angela and their son Robert, who barely has anything to do in this movie at all, but it's neither here or there. So during this scene, this is where um, Aunt Annie kind of notices Alice isn't with Karen. She's like, where is she at? And she sends her daughter Angela to go find Alice. And when she does that, pay attention to, she gives her her yellow coat. That's Angela's coat. And she says, go find um, Alice and bring her back or whatever. So this is where um, everything in this movie is kind of shot in a certain way that it wants you to pay attention to certain things. And wants you to be confused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have this shot of, like, Jesus with his feet um, on the crucifix, nailed to the crucifix, where you see, like, the Virgin Mary. There are some other um, biblical statues in here too i'm not gonna try to act like i know because i don't but anyway the kids are getting ready for um communion they're lined up to go in and as they're going out to take their communion somebody literally just comes up behind karen and chokes her out as they're choking her out you just see her um pulling at her neck trying to like fight back or whatever but you know she dies and as the killer is dragging her away to put her body away in a pew we notice that Alice, not Alice, we notice that Karen's veil is falling out of her pocket and is left on the ground, which later Alice finds and has for herself. <clears throat> so before, um, or not before, while Karen's body is being put in his pew, the killer snatches the rosary that Father Tom gave her earlier. So at that point, I thought mm -hmm. it was the sister. And I was like, dang, how you gonna murder your own sister in church and set the body on fire? Like, <laughs> As much as you watch true crime, you gotta ask. Really? <laughs> like, but in church, homegirl about to have her first communion, and you just had a nerve to just ruin it. As the communion is going on, one of the nuns, and I like this nun. This nun is a whole movie. You know what I'm talking about? The, the one classes. who found the body? Yeah. <laughs> um, she finds the body. The body's burning. The pew starts, like, smoking, and it kind of looks like, have you guys ever been to a Halloween party, and they have, like, that cauldron yeah. that, like, just pours yeah. out. That's what it looks like. But anyway, um, the nun causes all this commotion, and that's when the whole church just goes crazy. The way it, she screamed was so yes, dramatic. It was just like, <laughs> but see, it's just like, I don't know, like, would I scream like that if I like? But like, she was like, <laughs> like, what? I wish I could see Johnny use her face. <laughs> like, cover her face. Anyway. This is why we need video. <laughs> In this scene, well, the following scene, we have Aunt Annie being her best dramatic. What sign do you think she is? What's that sound? Mm -hmm. But she dramatic. <laughs> anyway, Aunt Annie pushes everybody out through the crowd and discovers that this is, in fact, her niece Karen in this burning pew and runs back and as this is happening everybody was trying to stop her yeah like you have her husband trying to stop her at, at this point i really don't know if they knew who was in there no they knew or no no you're right you're right he was pulling her back from telling okay as this scene is going on we have another it's cut with another scene of Catherine and alice and it's like alice i'm mean, not alice Catherine is asking alice like where's your sister what's going on come on we got to get out of here whole time it's her kid that's causing all the commotion because Aunt Annie runs back into the um, pulpit and tells Catherine like Karen's dead like no no buffer no oil like even all the all the even all the um 
congregation members was like, no, don't tell her, don't tell her, don't tell her. Everybody yeah. was telling her, don't tell her. <laughs> and that's what I was talking about. Like, I wouldn't even know how how would I want you to tell me that. But the way she told her, I'm like, I would never want to write something. Yeah, like that. I wouldn't want it like that. Like I, like I said, I can't tell you how I would want it, but it's definitely not like that. So as the detectives, well, we well, next... Wait, before that... <laughs> That crying that the mama did was dramatic, and that camera angle was dramatic too. Like, oh my god! They just really laid it on thick. Whole time Alice is just standing there. So this makes it even worse when you think about Alice is like not responding to this at all. I feel like she was trying to stop her too, because she was gonna go back in there, Mm -hmm. but Alice stopped her from going in there. Yeah, but see, it's like, why did she though? I see. At this point in the movie, I thought Alice killed her. Okay. So just hold on to that thought. So as the um, detectives are patrolling the scene, they're kind of like outside the church. We have Dom appear, which is the children's father and Catherine's ex-husband. And he shows up just as like the funeral procession is about to start. So in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, normally when somebody passes, what the funeral is maybe like a week later. So you mean to tell me even though this is your ex-wife, you mean to tell me you didn't come until the day of the funeral? Like, I know you got a wife and all, but, I mean, the, the, this is your daughter. No? You don't feel me? No? You feel me? I feel you, but at the same time, it's kind of like, eh. Because it depends. Like, if he wanted to be a part of, like, the arrangements and stuff, then Yes. But then at the same time, it's like... That's your daughter. Yeah, but you're going to spend the whole time with the dead daughter? Or... Okay, I mean, yeah, but... Okay, I guess you're right. I can't assume. I don't know what happened. Because it's like, when you... Because it's like, normally, if someone dies, and you're coming from out of town, you're staying with the family. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you could have been there to spend time with your other daughter, but at the... Then... There's a reason why, and you clearly see the reason why later in the movie. I do. I wouldn't. Want I mean, to... I knew that, and I said, like, I know you have a wife now, but I mean, that's your kid still. Or put it this way: not you showing up as the funeral procession is pulling off. Ooh, At yeah. least be decent be the, and be yeah. there that morning. There that's what time. I'm saying. But he ain't come before for certain reasons that we see later on in the movie. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> As Dom is making his way into um, the family car, Aunt Annie asks Alice to um, move to the other side. You know how this goes. And Alice is like, I don't want to. And Alice instantly, I'm going to say this now, I feel like they don't get along because they're alike. That's how I feel. I don't know how you see their relationship, but it just seems that um, Aunt Annie is the character that's just very gung-ho on not liking Alice. Like, she is just not messing with her, not feeling her in any type of way. So any time that these two are in a room, they clash. But as you watch the movie and you pay attention to Aunt Alice, you kind of notice that she and Alice act very similar. Yeah. And like, she Aunt Annie might not be psychotic, but they kind of... But she might be looking at her like, you're the, the child that ruined my sister's life. You do you see what you're doing? You're projecting that on her. Yeah. It's not like you're helping. You're making the situation worse. So they um, argue a little bit about this little respect and disrespect issue. But ultimately, Catherine steps in as she normally does and defends Alice. We cut to, I guess this is after the funeral, after the burial. We just come back 
the families back home. And so do you notice, like, Aunt Annie's, I'm not, I, had, I didn't catch their last name, but um, Aunt Annie is, like, and her family are sitting at the table, and she tells, like, her daughter to stop eating. I didn't get that part. Yeah, she but was what like, I Angela, did... won't you stop eating? And she was like, Jim, you don't need to drink honey. I Okay, so not the eating part, but telling the husband that he don't need to drink, that made me write down that she was, because she was a little mean, especially when she started arguing with her husband a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm like, she low-key remind me of my nana. It's a little... Oh, uh-uh. has some little personal aggression here. So, this is where, basically, Aunt Annie is trying to make herself useful around the house. Her niece just passed. This is her sister's child. She's basically trying to stay there to help. Her version of help, I guess. Anyway. Which is, would be my Nana trying to stay. If somebody in our house dies, she would want to stay and take over everything. I'm, I'm trying to tell but you. But see, this is what... Okay, check this out. The way that Aunt Annie was imposing herself on her sister and trying to say, you need me. Things won't be the same around the house because I know you just need somebody to be there for you. It's the same way that Alice manipulates these adults in this movie. Mm-hmm. See? You see it now? Now I'm wondering if my Nana's psychotic. <laughs> to cut the tension in the room a little bit, Catherine excuses Alice by asking her to deliver some cake to Mr. Alfonso downstairs. Aunt Annie also invites her children to go on Alice's little errand with her. So Mr. Alfonso and Alice, once again, we get a little versus battle here. But Mr. Alfonso is basically, he didn't have to shade her like that. He talks about how he knows that, obviously, Karen passed, and he says it's always the beautiful ones that go. And he says something like, too bad she was the one to go. I'm like, first of all. First of all, he nasty. He's weird. And then I got mad at the way Alice licked her finger. She ain't had to lick her finger like that. Now, see, I was trying to figure out, when I did my research on this video, I've heard there's not a lot out there on this movie and that kind of upsets me because i really do enjoy this movie and i think that it deserves some deeper analysis but we do come across some scenes where alice encounters males and i don't know whether it's innocent or does she know what she's doing there was icing on her finger and she licked it off but was she intentionally doing it that way because she was in front of Mr. Alfonso, even though clearly he's disgusting? I think she I think she did intentionally do it like that because there's another point in the movie where she's alone with him and there's a specific thing that mm-hmm. we'll get to that point. But I think she intentionally did it a couple of times. And then that also made me, when I looked up at the end of the movie and I realized that she was 19, and I'm like, okay, so some of the parts make sense because, like, is it your age that's spilling over into the movie, into your role, or mm-hmm. what? Or was it meant to be? Yeah. Or was it, like, subtext? Was it supposed to come across that way and be something you only notice if you're aware of it? Right. So, the girls then go downstairs to the basement. This part made me laugh a little bit because, remember, Robert is with them, but... They're like, we don't want you with us. You gotta stay here. And it took me back. I I have, don't laugh at me because I really don't know, but I have a nice amount of nieces and nephews. But my oldest one is about two years younger than me. And a gang of us kind of grew up together. And I remember doing that. Like, we would definitely isolate somebody out the group. First of all, it's like one of my nieces and nephews. I know you shouldn't do that, but we were like eight. Anyway, the adults are upstairs, and this is Aunt Annie, Uncle Jim, and Catherine, and they're all talking about, well, 
Like, Annie is talking about how she thinks that Alice killed Karen. But, of course, Catherine doesn't want to hear this. And Jim is basically um, being like Mr. and Mrs. Deagle from The Bad Seed. And is just trying to get his wife to be quiet because she's just starting shit, basically. And it's another movie where I'm like, these parents are always in denial about their children. And it irks me. But, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, it's just like, yo... In the next scene, we um, follow Dom as he meets up with Detective Spina. And they're basically just talking about the case, trying to follow up and see if there's been any leads in Karen's murder. This is where, oh, I know what I meant by was that Karen. Did you see that photo? Okay, so before Dom goes to talk to the... Spe- uh, I cannot say detective today for some reason. Time out. When we was watching Mikey... I kept trying to tell DJ it was a detective, and I kept saying "despective," and I don't know what the fuck is going on. That I cannot, t- I cannot say "detective" today. Okay, time back in. <clears throat> At the beginning of this scene, it starts like in a camera room, or not like a camera room, but you didn't notice that thing that oh, just like went down. And yeah, it was, a body. The f- it was the um homegirl face. The autopsy face. picture. Yeah. yeah. Like, I saw that. Yeah, because at first... And I was just like, dang, they really going to show the, the baby burned face? Like, but see, this is the thing. I had never seen that till this recent time when I watched it. And I was like, it shook me for real because in my notes, I wrote was that Karen, but yeah, that we found out that that is Karen. Dom is meeting with Detective Spina, and they're going over the logistics of the case trying to see if there's any leads in the murder. And... Detective Spina basically gets to it. He's like, we want to talk to Alice because... Alice had her veil. Alice was probably the last one to see her. And, I mean, maybe they can help. But, of course, as a parent would be, they you don't want your kid to be involved in that type of stuff. Or you don't want to hear that people might think your kid is a suspect. So Again, parents are always in denial. He disregards, he declines, and he leaves. The principal um, then suggests that Alice... Oh, wait. After Dom leaves, the detective speaks with one of his co-workers about Alice. And this is where we kind of get, like, some subtle exposition. I kind of like the way they did it here because it wasn't forced. We basically find out that, like, Alice really is, like, bad as hell. Like, the principal. Yeah, because he, the detective read her file. And then he said, this girl's nuts. And I died laughing. But first was... of all, first of all, he looked at the paper for, like, two, three seconds. And he said, this girl's nuts. I'm like, dang, what did that paper say for you to say that that quick? <laughs> That part, I was dying laughing. Like, I just could really just come out and just say this. Girl. Okay. <laughs> so, I believe that Dom is still in the um, police office building. He calls Father Tom, and they're having a, well, before they get to their discussion, Miss Tredoni answers the phone. Miss Tredoni is the housekeeper from earlier, and she takes her job very seriously. Let's say it that way. She does not want anybody talking to Uncle Tom right now because he's supposed to be doing work for the church. And she's busy cooking, so she wants Dom to call back. But Father Tom answers, and they go ahead and have a conversation about Alice. And Father Tom is telling Dom that they've actually taken Alice's school records. And he's like, well, I actually have needed to talk to you about Alice, but we haven't been able to really link up or whatever. Meanwhile, we have a scene with Catherine lying in Karen's bed, and you just hear, like, a voiceover of Karen obviously when she was alive so basically it's just showing you like Catherine's thinking of her child as this scene is going on it's interrupted by screaming and arguing that's going on by auntie annie and alice 
I'm not sure what the heck is happening in this kitchen, but it had something to do with a glass of milk, and Alice spilled it on the floor. Whether she did it on purpose or not. Oh, she did. You ain't see her just go like that? She went like... She just dropped it? Yeah. But I'm saying, like, stuff slides out my hand. Mm-mm. She had that evil look on her face and was like... You know how, like, the cat, them cat videos where they're like, stop, don't, don't, and the cat just, just keep push it? tapping it. And then just look at you and Cats just... Oh my gosh, I hate cats. What I did notice is after she spilt it and her mom told her, like, back up out the way, you know, it's like she's kicking the glass. Yeah. <laughs> I was cracking up. I'm like, the whole time she's, like, arguing her case, like, telling her mom that her aunt scared her and that she was about to hit her. And she's just kicking the glass, like, towards her aunt, like, the whole time. She goes and sits down, and this is where Aunt Annie basically, you know how you got that aunt that just kind of be all up in your business? Anytime you do something, it's just that one aunt that just got to have her two cents and say what your mama should do as your punishment. This is Aunt Annie. So Aunt Annie is saying that Alice needs to go back to school and she shouldn't be here. Um, obviously, because her sister passed, she's taking a break from school. But um, they're just going back and forth. And Catherine, once again, sends Alice downstairs to give Mr. Alfonso the check. So this is where it kind of gets a little creepy. So I'm going to put out a trigger warning here. If you're, um, not if you are, you should be. This does have something to do with pedophilia, nasty asses. There's your trigger warning. Alice goes down to Mr. Alfonso's apartment and she's giving him a check. But of course, she can't just do what she's told. She has to have a smart mouth and call him fat so and say all types of things about him. Did you see that close-up of his teeth? My God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I wonder like, how many notes you have just talking about his appearance. So Alice goes ahead. She's like belittling Alfonso and she's crumpling up the check while she's giving it to him. But he goes ahead and he, like, grabs her arm and gets it out of her check. But, go ahead. But before that, when she's leaning up against the mm-hmm. wall, she was like, she was being mean. She said, what's the matter, fatty? Stuck in the chair. I died. <laughs> like, girl. And then that's another part that I was talking about where she was giving a look. Because she was leaned up against the wall and she mm-hmm. had that sly, seductive look on her face. Mm-hmm. And she said, what's the matter, fatty, stuck in a chair? But see, I think her acting is so good right there because it's just like butthole kids act like that, though. Especially like when they know they can mess with you. But right. I wonder, is that just because she's older and she can relate? And that's why I didn't... It was kind of like a catch-22 because I'm like, okay, is it, like I said before, is it the age, the fact that she was 19 and that's spilling over into the role or... It's just supposed to be like that. So as Mr. Alfonso is trying to get the check from Alice, he just starts slowly, like, filling her up, like, to the point, like, he has, like, his face in her neck. Oh, because he was trying to kiss her. To where Alice snatches up his cat, Diamond, and basically chokes his cat out. I don't think she necessarily killed the cat. No, she killed the cat. Did she? Yeah, she killed the cat. Because he was screaming, don't kill her, don't kill her, I'll and then, you back. And then when she left the room, and after she, she, you heard something go crack in the cat, the cat said, Err. Yeah. That whatever the meow cat voice mm-hmm. sound is. And then when she left the apartment, he was yelling, you're crazy, you're crazy, she killed my cat, she killed my cat. She-. When I was reading the captions, he was saying, don't kill my cat, don't kill Diamond. So After she left the like, apartment? Was, yeah, that's why I was like, so did she kill the cat or did she not? Because he was saying, don't kill her. I'm pretty sure he, she killed that cat. Because I, well, who knows? 
crazy. Anyway, we cut back to the conversation with Father Tom and Dom, and he's basically telling him that Alice has a unique way of making things look like accidents, which is a clever way that they kind of put those two scenes together. But that's why they hadn't really said anything about Alice to Dom because they couldn't really prove that she was the one actually doing these things. Alice goes back to her basement in the shrine where we see more of what's in store. We see that she has a mask from earlier. She has a jar of roaches. She has Karen's doll. She has Karen's veil. And she also has, like, it's not Karen's cross. Because it's not like a wood. It's not a wooden one. It was like white and red. I don't know what to call it. Anyway. This is, okay. This is where she comes upstairs. But if you're not paying attention, this is where it cuts. Because this is actually, which we come to find out later, this is actually Miss Tredoni walking into the building. And this is where um, Aunt Annie is coming downstairs. But Mrs. Tredoni is standing right at the basement and stabs Annie in the feet. But you think it's yeah, Alice, it Alice because you saw Alice, and I'm not saying you as in John Day, I'm saying you as the viewer. You as the viewer thinks that it's Alice because you just saw Alice downstairs in that same yellow raincoat, Which, same white tights, who's and you idea? just saw the mask right next to her. Pardon? I just want to know whose idea was it to make raincoats yellow because... It's too many movies where all these raincoats are yellow. Well, actually, the inspiration for this movie is from another movie that was made, um, I'm not quite sure of the year, but it's called Don't Look Now. I know you hadn't seen it yet, but you might have heard of it. But I'm just saying, like, period. Whose idea was it to make raincoats yellow? <laughs> like, Oh, just make them yellow in general? Because yeah. they need to be bright so you can see. I get Yeah. Like, so we can see you on the road when it's raining and it's dark. True. Yeah. Or, like, reflective, something like that. So as Auntie Annie is getting stabbed, and this scene of her getting stabbed in the feet is brutal. Like, it's very, if you've ever seen any Italian horror, it's very giallo to where the blood is bright red. It's not like regular blood. So we have this scene where Aunt Annie is screaming. And also before that, Mr. Alfonso comes out and he sees what he thinks is Alice. So he's like, Alice did it. Everybody's screaming that Alice did it. But the, we know it's Miss Chidoni. She runs off, so we can't really prove that it's her. We get this scene outside, it's pouring rain. Well, before that, um, Catherine comes flying down the steps, and I'm mad that Alfonso actually stopped her from seeing who it was. I don't think he was trying to necessarily stop her. I think he was trying to like be like, no, I think your he, daughter, Alice, I, no, did it. No, he didn't even say who did it. He literally was stopping her from going down the steps because he finally let her go through once the person had got out the door. I would have to watch it again. I don't know. Yeah, I because I yeah I looked at that and I'm like, why was he trying to stop her? Because he was standing in the doorway and watched it happen, so he was watching her get stabbed. And then as soon as Catherine comes flying down the steps, he stands in the middle of the way to block her. Through all this commotion, Annie is screaming, and she's dragging herself outside because obviously she just got stabbed in the feet and she can't walk. Dom pulls up. As they're getting Annie into the car, I'm just thinking, like, wait a minute. Okay, Catherine's going to get in the car with her sister, and she tells Dom to go find Alice. Why didn't you go find your daughter before you got in the car? You could have just sent them... And be like, I'm going to find, she's, Cap- I mean, not Catherine. Annie is grown. Nah, if my sister, well, 
I don't have a sister. If my brothers had got stabbed and I had a little kid and I see the father pull up, yeah, I am going to tell the father, go get my child. I'm going with my, my brother. Not in this relationship. We not together. I'm going. But that's the no. But that's but that's your child. So you still have responsibilities as a parent. To Didn't be a I parent. say that earlier? And he ain't come to the funeral till a homegirl's procession pulled off. Don't be a daddy now. I don't care. My brother no. is bleeding. No, I'm going with my blood. My brother. My brother, sister, grown as hell. Mm-mm. She good. She ain't good. But especially if it's Christian, Christian don't know. But see, and this so. is what I'm saying though, especially because you're telling me. That she doesn't know that Alice did it. So that means that there's a murderer in this bitch. I need to find my child. That's the, that's but the also, first thing but I'm no, But also, if it is a murderer, then the father needs to go. Because the father is more able to protect the child than if I'm the mother going to go find my child. I get Not murdered. Not mother's strength. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Be flipping cards out here. <laughs> so Dom finds Alice downstairs thinking... Dom finds Alice downstairs and Alice is like petrified because she thinks that she saw Karen coming for her doll and she has the doll out. And first of all, this is the ugliest doll I have ever seen in my life. It this doll has heads. three heads. Oh, it was three? Mm-hmm. I thought I only saw two. That's so weird. it's one of those dolls. If you Well, three faces. If you've ever seen um, A Nightmare Before Christmas and you know the mayor character that like when he's happy, he has one face. When he's sad, he has another face. So this is a doll just like that. When it's happy, when it cries, and when it's asleep, I think. It's like one that, like, the eyes are asleep. Because when it's sitting on Alice's little shrine, the eyes are closed. Dom, I mean Dom, yeah. Dom is comforting Alice after she's um, believed to have been scared to death after seeing Karen. Meanwhile, at the hospital, Catherine is telling Father Tom that it couldn't have been Alice. Because Alice, I'm not sure if she was saying, like, she just wasn't around or that um, when the incident happened, it was more than just Alice missing. So she's not understanding why people are just pinpointing Alice to be the killer. Catherine begins to ask Annie not to tell the police that it was Alice because she knows that they'll take her away, especially considering. As Jim comes to comfort his wife, she tells everyone that Alice did it, which results in Alice being brought in and given a lie detector test. So during this lie detector test, we kind of get another scene of men sexualizing Alice. He asks her, does she intend to answer the questions truthfully? And you notice that like there's no sound or no type of movement from the monitor. But I mean, I don't know. I've never taken a lie detector test. And I honestly don't know how it responds. Because when she was answering the questions like, do you know who killed your aunt? You would hear is shake or you would hear it pick up something yeah so lie detector tests they move when you're lying and they stay still when you're telling the truth and that's why when he asked her because it moved but she ends up passing the test so i'm like what was she lying about he said that she didn't lie about seeing karen but her sister's dead right so so then yeah i don't know that was weird during this scene, after this scene, this is where the two detectives are talking about Alice's boobs. This girl was 12. Yeah, he was basically like... The um, way she looked at me, she wanted me to fill her up. Yeah, when he went to no, go take sir. off the stuff. And that's what, and I literally said, what is up with the pedophilia in this movie? Like, I... Disgusting. But the thing is, men do this. Like, they literally do this. Like, Alice literally disgusting. isn't... But like I said... 
as I mentioned earlier, Alice is giving him a look. I'm not sure what the look is, though. Is she doing that innocent child thing? Or is she starting to realize that she is becoming a woman and she knows that she can get certain things by doing certain things? Because, to be honest, when we grow up as women and we do learn that we do start trying to flex those... I don't want to say powers because it's not like... It is a power. It's a flex. But... You know, we started trying to see how far we can go with that. But anyway, I'm not saying it's right because clearly these are grown men. Crashing their party, no pun intended. We get Alice knocking over the lie detector, being a badass, of course. We then get this little scene, and you really have to pay attention to this scene because I didn't pay attention to it until this last viewing, and it really set a lot of things in order for me. So we have Father Joe, Mr. Dummy, and... There's another, um, the missing your, I believe I'm saying it right. If I'm not saying it right, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but they're all sitting at the table. They're having dinner and they're looking for father Tom's. He's not here yet. So they just suspect that maybe he has some late work. So the missing your says to Mr. Doni, can you please tell the kids to stop running around? And at first I, like I said, I've seen this movie a few times and that has never clicked in my head until now why he says that so make sure to keep a tab open on that finally tom shows up with dom and this is where miss tridoni positions herself perfectly to overhear their conversation where they assume that angela could have been possibly wearing the jacket Catherine even makes a note talking about how karen was a size seven and Angela's jacket was a size 14, so there couldn't be any way possible that Alice could have confused the two. So, Mr. Doni is definitely eavesdropping, but as you... Mr. Doni is eavesdropping, but as you come to find out, she's the killer. So it all makes sense later, and it's going to keep... I feel like I'm sewing all the stitches from the end and the beginning of this story. We later go back to... We later go back to check on Alice and we're getting this um, voiceover from Dr. Whitman and it's talking about how Alice has repressed hostility, schizo personality, and is capable of extreme violent actions. And it's kind of like the, all the while that Dr. Whitman is giving his diagnosis, you have um, Catherine and Father, not Catherine, the whole time that Dr. Whitman is giving his diagnosis, you have Catherine and Dom banging on the door. And do you notice like the banging gets like louder and louder and harder as like she's like giving the diagnosis? Did you yeah. It kind of like messes with you a little bit. It's kind of like Scream where um, in the beginning, spoilers for Scream if you haven't seen it as old as that movie is. Love Scream. Um, that whole trilogy It's kind of thing. like the opening scene when Drew Barrymore has the popcorn on the stove and as the scene is ramping up, the popcorn is like getting more out of control and more crazy. So Dr. Whitman has told the parents after their morning session, it's too soon to really judge Alice because you have to really suspend your judgment until you can observe as much as you can. But she advises against leading Alice on to think that she'll be coming home anytime soon or that um, she'll be coming back to her mom. So basically what the doctor is trying to say that after everything is going on, she might have some resentment towards her mother, which of course no mom wants to hear that. She's blaming others, she as in Alice, is blaming other people for her troubles 
and basically deflecting and not owning up to any responsibilities she should be having at this age. Dr. Whitman tells the parents that her daughter needs psychological help, even if she isn't a murderer. She also tells Catherine that Alex has begun her cycle, which obviously is a huge deal between mother. First of all, it's the way that Dr. Whitman told her for me. She was like, why didn't your daughter disclose that she started her menses? Dr. Whitman knew what she was doing. She, she did. just knew that was the coup de gras. <laughs> That's basically yeah, what She it did. Was, okay? Because Catherine, you know, like I said, Catherine... And all parents and all these daggone movies mm-hmm. are always in denial about their children. And to act, bring the point home, Dr. Whitman was like, oh, yeah, you just don't know nothing about your daughter, do you? Because you didn't know that she started her period. They meet Alice upset. They meet Alice outside where she is obviously upset. She definitely wants to leave, but she can't leave until her medical tests come back. Catherine has brought Alice a little suitcase of bags, and as Alice goes through the bag, we see that Karen's doll is inside, and Catherine kind of noticed that, like, Karen is a little put off by it. And Karen, like, tells her, she was like, well, why did you put it in there? Because you know it's not mine. And this is kind of where we get, like, um, I guess this is kind of like to prove to Alice that Catherine is actually in her corner, because by the end of the conversation, we have Alice running up to her mom and telling her that she doesn't want her to leave that she doesn't want her to leave and she wants her we have Alice running up to her mom at the end of the scene telling her that she wants to come home and she doesn't want her mom to leave her there alone did you peep her teeth in this too her teeth that look weird too who Alice mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What's you? oh well clearly it was probably super close yeah but also it was like in one of the ep- the parts where it was like it was a the camera was kind of like panning up a little mm-hmm. bit and she was talking to her parents and I'm like well her teeth are just like like uh Bonzo teeth Mm-mm. no don't do her <laughs> in Yo. that in that scene it did Little back nasty. at home Catherine and Dom talk about the raincoat thing oh no we said this already anyway in the next scene Dom gets a phone call oh no 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 back at home Catherine and Dom are talking about the um how can I say this? Back at home, Catherine and Dom are talking about the incident when the phone rings and it just appears that somebody's like just breathing on the phone. Once again, pre-screen. The phone rings again and Catherine answers it and it just seems like nobody's on the phone. Once again. I'm like, I wasn't sure if this was Miss Tredoni or Alice. I think it was because if you peeped... The person who was on the phone had white gloves on. Yeah, but that's what I was saying. I wasn't sure if that was like. No, I didn't an realize usher that. Glove, no, I or didn't. Was it? Nah, like it was before. Well, I didn't realize that it was her until the end because I didn't get the significance of showing that glove. Oh, you know what? It makes sense because she probably was trying to see if Father Tom was there. That's probably why she called. That makes fucking sense. This is why you're here. <laughs> yeah, it didn't it didn't make sense at the time when I was watching that scene, but it did after the fact. Catherine and Dom in this scene, obviously they're ex-wife and husband, and you know, they kind of fall into some feelings. They just lost a child. And that's they, exactly why he didn't want to come until the day of the funeral. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> their little cuddle moment is ended well actually i think um they probably would have yeah, did it no it, i think they were about to they i know i know julia ends up calling them and this is 
I kind of wrote that she was a B word because I'm like, you didn't ask about like Alice. You didn't ask if he was okay. The first thing you say is like, when are you coming home? Like, da, 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 is da, everything da, da, da. okay? I miss you. Da, da, da. You did she even ask that? I don't even think she asked him. Was everything okay? Mm-mm. Like, no, I no, she did. She asked. She she asked. Is something wrong? Like, what's going on? Is something on? wrong? That's it. Yeah. Of course, my daughter because he dead. hasn't gone home. My yet. daughter's been murdered. Of course, something is wrong. Because I think the wife just expected him to go to the funeral and then go back home. Absolutely not. Dom goes back to the detective's office where he gets a call from what seems to be a crying Angela saying that she ran away. Because she found Karen's cross and Auntie Annie won't let her give it back to them. So, so that voice sounded more like Alice to me than it did Angela. It would make sense at this point if it was Angela because then I went back and thought about it. And I'm like, she went in the basement that day with um, Alice. So she probably done seen the shrine and everything like that. Right. And I was like, so are they working together? Mm-hmm. Don finally spots Angela and she takes off and he chased her to what would become his demise. So we get a scene of them coming to this abandoned house. And as I said, it's very reminiscent of the movie Don't Look Now to where it's just these big, wide, open spaces and the character looks super small. So you kind of don't know where the danger is going to come from. So eventually, as he's walking up the stairs and calling out for Angela... We get a character in a yellow raincoat and a mask coming out and stabbing him. And I believe this is where he kind of like falls to the ground. And <laughs> so dramatic. The, car- the killer is rolling him off to the edge. And it just seems like for no, some reason. No, wait, okay. So the killer stabs him on the steps first. Mm-hmm. And then the killer runs up the steps. So then he goes to follow the killer. And it's like, Angela, Angela, da 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 and then that's when he gets hit over the head by a rock. What gets me is the part where it's revealed that it's Miss Tredoni and the music just stops. And Dom was like, you? Yeah. <laughs> like, so he was like, legit shook. He was not ready. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he thought it was Angela, but I'm like... So, so after he hit her, after she hit him over the head with the rock, that's how she was able to tie him up. Well, no, I understood that. Well, but yeah. there's a part... Before I don't even then, know how the mask fell off, though. She takes it off. Oh. She takes it off of herself. But before that, there's a part where she's, like, closing the door after he runs through it or something, like, where she traps him in her room. And I'm like, you should have known then that that wasn't Angela. Because clearly, yes, Angela might have been a little thick mama. But Miss Tredoni is very small and skinny. There is no way you would have mistaken the two. Now, Alice and Miss Tredoni... That would have been more of a thing. But he didn't even think it was Alice. He thought it was Angela. Of course the parents don't think it's Alice. I told you, all these parents are always in denial about their children. Well, so Miss Chidoni is telling Dom that God wants them banished. She's basically cursing them because of their life choices. Saying that Father Tom belongs to the church and he shouldn't be wasting his time with you and your family basically is what she's saying that's so why then, i also thought that she was having not mr Tredoni, but Catherine had a little thing going on with the father because mm-hmm. why is mr Tredoni so caught up with mm-hmm. wanting to kill them if something not going on mr Tredoni takes her shoe off her foot and proceeds to beat dumb in the mouth with the heel of her shoe because he has father tom's mom's rosary in his mouth, which, you know, belongs to Karen. She eventually pushes him over the edge. As she does, I never noticed until this watch that there's, like, a bottle sitting like this. 
and he lands like right on top of yeah. me. Because at first I was kind of wondering, like considering he was tied up, it was no way he can cushion himself in the blood. Yeah. And this, I was actually kind of when she took off her mask, that was a plot twist for me because I was like, so wait a minute, she's in on it too. You still don't get it. It's not Alice at all. I mean, Alice that, hasn't. Alice didn't kill anybody. Well, see, and that's why I was confused at the end because I was just like, I don't know. It was confusing. At some, we'll talk about it when we get to the end. Miss Chidoni runs back to the church where she's trying to like get rid of all the evidence of the horrible sin she just committed. She runs into the confessional, but they're only seeing children today. However, Father Tom recognizes her voice and goes ahead and talks to her but he lets her know that she kind of lies a bit she doesn't really say like outright i killed somebody she kind of admits to um neglecting her morning prayers and getting upset with the missing your and kind of wishing that he was dead because he's kind of a burden to her because she is the housekeeper but the father tells her that it's actually okay to kind of want people to be relieved of pain but he's now i wasn't sure if he was misreading what she was saying I don't know if devil's advocate is the correct term. I think he was oblivious. Catherine goes to visit Father Tom looking for Dom. Because remember earlier when he came into town, Father Tom let him borrow his car because he didn't have one. So he knew that they would be together, but she also knew that Dom was going to be dropping his car off and figured he'd be there. Miss Shadoni tells Catherine that she doesn't know where he is and that she's cooking. She's very busy. She has to leave now. But... She says that Don was supposed to pick her up and he didn't show up. Considering that she rode the bus, she just wants to wait. Because, I mean, of course, after you've taken that long bus ride, I don't yeah. want to get back on the bus and have to take you back either. Miss Chidoni offers Catherine coffee in the kitchen. And this is where we get, like, a lot of... Have you seen Silence of the Lambs? Mm-hmm. This scene, like, this whole... From this point through the end of the movie, it was a lot of Silence of the Lambs shots. So you get, like, a lot of close-ups and... When people are talking, you're forced to look at them and not anything else in the background. So it kind of settles you a little bit. Miss Chidoni confesses while cutting off a fish head, by the way. God took her first child on the day of her first communion, and she thought that God was punishing her and that God was cruel. She also learned that children pay for the sins of their parents and that she was sent to look after the father, not Catherine. So she kind of sees this as some type of punishment that she has to deal with the missing your and all the fathers of the church. So this is when Father Tom comes in and, and he tells Catherine okay, that so Dom is dead. When she said that, mm-hmm. I am supposed to look after him, not you. Mm-hmm. That made me also think, okay, they are having a little whatever, whatever, whatever. I just think it was just because he was dedicating so much time to this family in particular. If I feel like if they were but having I think, a relationship, they would have showed us more of them actually alone. The t- the scenes that we get with them alone are actually because they have to be with each other. It's not like... Um, well, I don't know. Well, because we wouldn't get that scene of her and Dom making back up if her and Father Tom had something going on. They so weren't they making... But they they weren't making up because clearly he was just grieving and cheating on his wife. But they have that conversation where she says, I wanted it just as much as you did, too. And he agrees, but that's when it just... Julia already had ruined the movie. I mean, because if you estrange from your... Basically, it's makeup sex. Basically. 
You're putting some feelings up in here. Yes. Okay, I figured. I was like... Because <laughs> this um, has happened before. But no, at this point, when um, Miss Tredoni was having her whole little thing breakdown, at this point in the movie, I still thought that she... W- Alice still has something to do with it. Because in my notes, I put, so Mrs. Shadoni was a jealous one and implanted this behavior in Alice. And then her, her daughter died the day of her first communion too. So Alice snatched the necklace and gave it to Mrs. Shadoni. At this point, I was still confused. Because I was like, wait, so Alice snatched the necklace off of her and then gave it to Mrs. Shadoni? So Mrs. Shadoni snatched it and that's how she had it. Yeah. But when they were fighting, Dom snatched it from Mrs. Shadoni's neck and it ended up in his mouth. We end up at the morgue where they're discussing Dom's autopsy and the detectives are discussing his final moments and how they thought that Angela might have been involved. The mortician calls and lets them know that there had been a cross lodged in Dom's throat belonging to Karen, which means that Alice couldn't have possibly done it because where would she have gotten it from? So that right there automatically exits. Well, we already know Miss Tridoni did it, but that shows you that Alice had nothing to do with anything at all. Catherine doesn't want to tell Alice that Dom was killed, but Father Tom feels like she needs to because this isn't something that should be held from a child. Although she's already suffered her parents' divorce, her sister being killed, and now her auntie thinking that she's crazy and being in a psychiatric ward. But wait, before we get there, can we talk about, like, as this movie goes on, how Catherine's outfits just get, like, better and better? This one scene I'm talking about in particular is like this white two-piece that has like the black trim and it like goes over the shoulder and it has like the little hat piece. You know what 60s. I'm talking about? It was super, super cute. Um, they bring Alice home finally. And this is where Mrs. Tredoni is reminiscing about her own daughter. So she's laying in the bed and she's looking at these photos and we see that she used to be married. We see a picture of her daughter. And this is where she gets up and she looks at herself in the mirror and she pulls out her um, paper bag and she puts the mask in and the knife and she goes ahead and she puts the coat on. And, and you see those gloves too. Yeah. And this is when she walks out. But before she walks out, I don't, I think she makes it up at this moment that she's going to kill Catherine at this point. Because she says something about her name, but this is where she puts the coat on before she does it. I, I really think she wanted to initially kill her when she was in the house and she cut off that fish head. I do too. And I think that's why those shots, that's why I mentioned the silence of the lamb shots. Because it makes you feel very unsettled. And the way that Miss Shadoni is just acting very cool, calm, and collected. Because like, when, when she, she came first, to give her the coffee, she she grabbed the knife before she even went out there and was like, do you want coffee? Mm-hmm. So, she wanted to kill her then. As Miss Chidoni leaves the house, we see the missing Yor peeping out of his door. And he's like, it makes sense now. Remember earlier, he told Miss Chidoni to tell the kids to stop running through the house. And that's why she was telling him there weren't any kids because it was her the whole time. No. Uh, I was waiting for John A to have like this big <laughs> moment. And, no, it didn't happen. It's fine. Well, I mean, because where all those yellow jackets supposed to be for the kids? Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of their uniform. Karen, remember? They went on the goose chase for the doll. Karen had on one too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I know that because I've seen the little the um, stitching. It says St. Michael's. Michael's. Mm-hmm. That was part of their uniform for when it rains or whatever. Um, I just thought that she had one because she lived in the house. <laughs> I mean, make but see, but that's why it was easy for her to get that outfit yeah. because she could have been anybody 
Like, I don't even think that she was trying to target... I don't think that she was trying to frame Alice. I just think that it was just a very simple get-up that it could have been any of those little girls at that school, low-key. If yeah. y'all just happen to blame Alice, y'all just happen to blame Alice because she's bad. Psychotic. So we go back to Mr. Alfonso, and this is where the movie makes another... This is where the movie makes another clever cut because Alice comes in and she's wearing the same thing that we just saw Miss Tridoni in and she puts a jar of cockroaches on top of Alfonso's belly. As she leaves, her mom catches her, but she kind of like plays it off and just says like she just came to speak to him. Because remember, she's just now coming home from the psychiatric home. They head off to mass, but as they head off, you see Miss Tridoni running around to the back of the house as they're leaving the house. Yeah. So Miss Tridoni goes upstairs and she's banging on Catherine's door. So I think I'm not sure if she was just gonna stab her. Probably so. Cause what if Alice answered the door? I think they were. I still think they were accomplices, just a teeny bit. No, Alice. I'm telling you, Alice had nothing to do with it. I'm gonna clear it up at the end. Alice had touched nobody. The only thing Alice did was put those cockroaches on Mr. Alfonso's stomach, and that's it. Alice hadn't killed anybody. Miss Tridoni is knocking on Catherine's door, like fiercely banging on the door, to where it wakes up Mr. Alfonso, causing him to knock over the jar of cockroaches. Miss Tridoni goes up to the Spages' home and begins to fiercely knock on the door. Her knocking is so loud that it wakes up Mr. Alfonso as he knocks over the jar of cockroaches that is on his stomach. As he freaks out, he runs out of his apartment and it spooks Miss Tridoni, so she runs downstairs, but she ends up running into him. So, Miss, Miss, so Mr. Alfonso, thinking that it's Alice, first of all, did you hear him call her a bitch? Mm-hmm. He said, Alice, you bitch. <laughs> yep. So, he shoves the girl into the wall, but this is when the hood falls off, and I think Mr. Alfonso takes the mask off himself and sees that it's not Alice. So, everybody at this point is just thrown off. It's kind of like that Mr. Krabs meme, and this is where Miss Tridoni really has no choice but to stab him. Like, she has to kill him. What is she going to do? Because at this point, they're going to put two and two together and realize that Alice really didn't kill anybody, and it had been her the entire time. <clears throat> We get a little cut to Detective Spina hearing all the screams, and this is where he decides to go inside, and he actually sees Miss Tridoni heading out the window. That's what I was saying. He was so close to catching her. So close. So I mean, close. I feel like he still could have. Like, if you've seen she was going out the door, all you had to do was run around the other way. But, I mean, I guess what they end up doing is smart. So the whole time that this scene is happening, there's a song playing in the back, and it's called Down in the Meadow. And I don't know if anybody else knows this song, but this is a song I had to learn to sing a little kid. So when I heard it, it kind of threw me off a little bit because I'm like, I don't know if this song was supposed to mean anything. I don't know. It's like you kind of have to hear. Maybe if we can get an insert, I can insert it here or something. But you have to hear it in the context of that scene. But I wish we can get like a commentary and a director can like say like what was the meaning behind playing that particular song with that scene. We end up at Mask where we find out that there's going to be an operation to catch Miss Tridoni. Detective Spina is telling um, Father Tom of all these precautions that they should do, but Father Tom is like, this is during church. We got people here. I'm not trying to do all this. She's going to trust me. I know she's going to come up for communion so we can just catch her there. But what ends up happening is as Mask goes on, we get a shot of Miss Tridoni coming into the um, church 
mixed with shots of Alice sitting in the pew. So now we definitely know it's not Alice. But we also get shots of Miss Chidoni walking. Did you see the blood was still on her shoes? Yeah, but I'm just like, not a whole sting operation in the middle of mass. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta do it when they least expect it. But... With the way that Miss Tridoni and Alice were looking at each other, at this point, I was still in my head thinking that they were accomplices. Because why y'all keep looking at each other like that? I think she just looked. I think, I think, okay. It's not I think, but I'm going to wrap this and then we'll go ahead. What happens is, as Father Tom predicted, Miss Tridoni comes up from mass, even though she rudely pulls Angela. Poor Angela, they treat her so bad in this movie. She pulls Angela out the way and sits in her place for communion. As Father Tom tries to rush the line to get down to her, he rejects her and tells her that he can't give her communion because she's under arrest at the moment. Where she goes ahead and just says, but you gave it to that whore! Referring to Catherine. And she just looked mad, confused, like... (laughs) Yeah, like, what are you... And that's what I'm saying. Like, she's like, what did I... I didn't have anything to do with this. Like, what are you even talking about? So this is where... Mr. Doni turns around and thinks about it for a second, reaches in her paper bag, and stabs Father Tom in the neck in front of the entire Which tripped me out, because, like, how are you just going to stab my man in the neck in the middle of the church, like... In front of of the whole congregation. In front of everyone. So what happens here is this is the second time a murder has happened at this church, and once again, things are going crazy. Um, Father Tom actually falls into Miss Tridoni's arms and she kind of like rocks him. I think she kind of like was shocked herself that she even did it. But meanwhile, what happens as Miss Tridoni is being apprehended, we get a scene of Alice walking. I don't know where Catherine was. We get a scene of Alice walking down the church aisle and she has Miss Tridoni's so paper bag. Catherine was, she ran up there. Oh, she did. And she was witnessing the See, fact that he had sta- got stabbed. Your child. She went up there, saw that he had stabbed, and then she was crying and being hysterical. Grab your child. Like, this is what I'm talking about. She was about. too in grief that her man just got murdered. That's not her man, John a. I'm still convinced <laughs> that they had something going on. You can't tell me that they didn't have something going on. That ain't her man, boo. Um, that was her man. I'm Alice trying to tell you. walking down the aisle. She's... Ha- as Alice walks down the aisle, we see that she has Miss Shadoni's paper bag, which has the knife and the mask in it. And we end the movie with a shot of Alice staring straight into the camera. And that was... With the knife in her hand. And at that point, Alice. I still was like, see, accomplices. Took the knife and put it in the bag real slick with the two. So, see, this is what happened. They're not accomplices. Alice didn't kill anybody. Miss Chidoni did I mean, all the killing. I mean, you don't killing. have to kill anybody to be an accomplice. Miss Chidoni did the killing, but the question now is what's going to happen to Alice? Alice is acting out because she's not getting the attention she wants. She's a product of wedlock, and at this point, everybody's making it seem like a bad thing. And everything that she does, it only seems like she only gets attention from negative attention. Well, it seems like she's only getting attention from being bad or doing things she's not supposed to be doing. So now that I've seen Miss Chidoni kill these people or person, Father Tom, and she's getting all this attention, is that going to be me? Is that going to be the same for me? Like, do I have to do this to get the attention that I want? So that's kind of how that's playing on. But Alice, the thing is, she's completely innocent. She actually is 
Alice, sweet Alice, but she's being molded by her. Nah, more like Alice, psycho Alice. Still think she's psycho. No, leave the baby alone. You want to go to the souvenir shop with me? Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> so, so, yeah, let's go. <laughs> it seems you survived. Well, before you go, join us in the souvenir shop. So, Alice Sweet Alice actually had a few names before. It was written under Alice Sweet Alice, but when the movie came out, for a little while it was called Communion. And then it was would also even, branded as Holy Terror, too. But why would you even want to? Would you want to go see a movie called Communion? That's why they changed the name. <laughs> Because that's exactly what they said. Also, the album art for Alice Sweet Alice, they actually have so many. So the most popular one that we get is the paper bag that has the mask peering out with the knife stabbing the doll in the back. And it kind of has the blood writing Alice Sweet Alice. The newest DVD version has a yellow background and it kind of has like a girl on it. Have, it's kind of like a split shot. I think this is supposed to be Brooke Shields because as we said earlier, they really marketed this movie after Brooke Shields to sell it because it wasn't really selling well when it first came out. So what you see is Brooke Shields, one half is her face crying blood tears and then the other half is the knife with the reflection of the mask in it. Well, then I think not only that, like she made this movie before she did Blue Lagoon, Blue Lagoon I think. Mm-hmm. So when she got her popularity from Blue Lagoon, they started marketing it as, yeah. you know. A few other covers, they kind of include the same variation of the paper bag one, but some of them might be um, just all black and have the title Holy Terror. Or there is a really cool one that I like that has a back-to-back of what you would think is Alice and Alice, but when you watch the movie, you find out it's Alice and Miss Chidomi. And their faces, it's kind of like they're back-to-back and they're looking at each other. So it's kind of like a I am you, you are me, weird type of science situation. John A., Alice Sweet Alice has rate, been Alice Sweet Alice has a rating of 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 4.5 on Slant Magazine. I haven't heard of that one, but whatever. On a scale of 1 to 100, what do you rate Alice, sweet Alice? So for me, I was confused half the movie. There were a lot of plot holes for me. Um, but at the end, because at the end of the movie, I was clearly, literally confused. Like, is she the killer or not? Was the torch just handed off because she took the knife in the bag? Do we just, do we just have murder bags now? That's just what we're doing? <laughs> but out of all three movies that we've seen so far, this was the best. It wasn't scary, but it had the level of gore that I needed. Mm-hmm. So I gave it an 85. Okay. For me, um, I've seen this movie a few times. As I said, it's one of my favorites out of the 70s era. Um, obviously, the first time i seen it, I was younger I didn't get it off top but the second time once things started making sense I liked it more and of course as I kept watching it I always find something else like more about it so I'll give Alice Sweet Alice a 89 so people I hope you guys enjoyed this ride with us next week we're gonna go back to the 90s we're gonna redeem I love ourselves. The 90s. We're gonna redeem ourselves for that good son episode. And we're gonna meet a little boy named Mikey. So we'll see you next time. Bye.